back by the door, Deborah. Who doesn't have one? A copy of the lesson today? Tim, are we all set back there? All right. Happy Tuesday. It's been a little while since I've been up here on a Tuesday. Well, I'm excited to share this word with you. Jesus gave us a powerful gift. He gave us his word. Hallelujah. And it's through his word that we come to know him and understand him, gain wisdom and gain insight into the things of the kingdom of God. Say with me, the word is important. Say with me, I need it. All right. <laughs> um, so this is, I had put this study together a while ago. Um, I think I might have some quotes in here from Andrew Warmack. Um, but this is just a, a little teaching on meditation. Um, and then in the back of your notes, I have several scriptures that I kind of copied and pasted into this. Um, and there's some wonderful, I found like over 84 of these scriptures on meditation. Um, so we'll, we'll take a look at some of those at the end of the lesson. Father, I just thank you for your word today, Father. I thank you, God, that each one of us will take away from this word, God, exactly what you'd have us to take away today, Father. During this busy season, Lord, it seems like we could get caught up in, to the left and to the right. But, Father, I would pray, God, that we would take time during this most beautiful season, God, to seek you and to seek your word, to seek your face, and to meditate on the truth of your word, because your word is like honey, even sweeter than the honeycomb to our lips, Father. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the word of God tells us to meditate on the word. It also shows us how to get understanding along with training our hearts to listen. How many know you've got to train your heart to listen to God's word? And that takes practice. It takes getting into the Word of God and reading the Word of God. Reading, for me, um, I love to read the Word of God out loud. So if you were to walk by my living room some afternoon and I'm reading, I'm reading the Scripture out loud. Um, I love to read it out loud because I think for myself, I, I, when I hear it, I get a better understanding of it. Even when I read in my textbooks in school, I will read my chapters out loud sometimes because that's just how I learn. I want to hear the Word. Because um, sometimes if I'm reading, I can, my mind could get carried off and go someplace else. But if I'm hearing it and speaking it out loud, I seem to, for me, I seem to receive it better. Um, Psalm 119, verse 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. And I wrote down here in the Passion Translation, it says, um, you have given me more understanding than those that teach me. And I love what it says uh, here in the Passion. It says, for I've absorbed your eye-opening revelation. So it's something when we study the Word of God, but we've got to be like that sponge, and we've really got to absorb the Word of God. And so that's reading the Word of God over and over. It's speaking it. It's getting a picture of what that Word looks like. So I just had a dream the other night um, of a particular family member um, coming to church. And so the Lord showed me that picture in my dream. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to see that word and I'm going to speak that word until that word happens. So sometimes we have to get a picture of what God is telling us. And you know my story about my daughter, um, my, my firstborn daughter, um, how the Lord uh, showed me her. He showed me her coming back into the kingdom, and he showed me her standing and preaching. He showed me her in law school. He showed me a picture of her, and she was so far away from the kingdom when God showed me this picture. And she was 
it was heavy laden on my heart. How many know when you have a prodigal that's not come home, you've got a your your heart is heavy. And so my heart during those during those days was really heavy until God gave me a picture. And when God gave me that picture, I just began to speak that picture out loud. I began to thank the Lord for the salvation of my daughter, that she was coming back into the kingdom and that she was going to fulfill the dream and the plan that God had for her. So I, Jesus, Jesus in the highway, Jesus in the street, just give me Jesus. Well, I put all my family members' names engage and think about what he that's within me than he that's within this world. And so many times, this world, 1 John 4, 17, then we have, so meditation is closing your eyes after um, so if we can't, here's your next, this to you in the past. And Rob I often talks about this too. That we've got to see ourselves doing the works of the kingdom. So if the Bible says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that means we need to see ourselves laying our hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, and you, so you have to get a picture of what that might look like, you know, like if, if, when I go to work, I think to myself, Lord, now who am I going to see today that I'm going to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to? Who am I? Um, give me ears to hear when I'm in conversation with them so that I can speak. Maybe I'll have an opportunity to lay my hands on them and watch them recover. So you have to see yourself doing the works of God. So meditate on those things on the word. All right. So, number three, don't just read the word. Stop and think about it and ask the Lord to give you wisdom. That's your next fill-in. And understanding. Now, I believe that we've got wisdom already on the inside of us because Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. Um, and then through that wisdom, we get understanding. So there are, there are few that meditate like Joshua. And we know the scripture in Joshua 1.8. It says, The book of this law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So there's something to that. So when we meditate, we don't let it depart from our mouth. We keep it hidden on the inside of us. Then our way will be made prosperous, and then we will have good success. I texted uh, Pastor Ina, and I was texting with Lisa on Sunday. So when Jennifer was praying here on Sunday morning, I was just claiming it. She was praying that we would have favor, and so I was just claiming it was raining outside on Sunday. And um, I work in retail, and so um, I had to go to work Sunday afternoon, and so it's the only Sunday I have to, had to work during the holiday season. And it was raining, and I was thinking to myself, boy, nobody's going to come out to the mall today. It's like a downpour, and I'm going to be standing there. And then I, when Jennifer started praying, I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim favor today. I'm going to have a great day. And so I get to the store, and my first customer, I sold, sold her four bottles of Chanel. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Lisa texted me. Or, you texted me first, didn't you? And she was encouraging me. And so then I texted her back and I said, you're not going to believe what I'm selling today. And then she texted me back and said, I'm going to agree with you. So then I had power of agreement. And so now I'm visualizing the power of agreement that I'm going to have. And I texted Ida and I said, you're not going to believe the day that I'm having, right? Yeah, so in four hours' time, over $2,000 in sales in Chanel on a rainy day. <laughs> so you, I have to give glory to God because it was nothing that I did. I just came in agreement. I visualized I'm going to have a good day. This is going to be a good day for me, and I'm going to make these sales that I made those sales. So, And I needed to have that day. Earlier in the week, it was kind of slow, and my boss had come in, and I was talking with her, and she said, it's been that way in all of her stores. Now, she runs the Carolinas and Georgia and Virginia, and so she travels a lot to a lot of different retail stores. Belk, Macy's, and Dillard's are her stores, and so she said all across the board, they've been slow, and so it's a luxury item. 
fragrance, right? So the, the cheapest bottle that I sell is $135, and that's, um, you know, for a 1.7-ounce bottle. Um, and the most expensive I sell is 220 and that's for my 5-ounce bottle. So for me to have a day like I had with a luxury item was God. <laughs> that was God inside and out. So I just give him glory for that. So we have to see yourself doing the things of God. The Bible says in the Old Testament, it says, I bless the works of your hands. So everything that we do, God wants to bless. Whatever we lay our hands to, whether God's called us to teach or preach or prophesy or be used in the gift of healing or on our secular job, whether God's called us to write a book, whatever God has called you to do. Maybe it's making jewelry. Maybe it's making clothes. Whatever it is that he's called you to do you've got to remember that he blesses the works of your hands and so you have to see him blessing you that way you have to see him you have to see the blessings coming into your hand so that's meditation all right so number four we can meditate on the things of God anywhere say that with me I can meditate on the things of God anywhere so you can be in a bus stop, you can be on an airplane, you can be in a ship, you can be in a taxi, you can be in the backseat of a car, you can be driving your car, you can be in the middle of singing a song, you can be in the middle of a church service. Wherever you are, you can meditate on the Word of God. Amen? You don't have to find yourself a quiet place. You can meditate on the Word of God at any moment that you need to meditate on the Word of God because it's in you, the hope of glory. That's why it's important to get the Word of God in us. So when we get it in us and we study the Word of God, it'll be quick and easy for us to remember Scripture and begin to meditate on that without even having to open up our Bible. All right. So we can meditate on the things of God anywhere, at work, walking, the gym, shopping, riding in the car. We can meditate day and night. God would not have commanded it if, it, if we were unable to do it. So God wouldn't have said, to meditate on his word if we couldn't do it. So sometimes, sometimes we have um, a lot of stuff. You know, we have a lot of turmoil sometimes, a lot of stuff going on in our personal life perhaps. Um, we got just things that don't seem to be going right sometimes. We're dealing with emotional issues. Um, and those times, I would encourage you to find that place where you can shut yourself down, where you can get in, in your living room or your favorite chair or wherever it is, your porch, wherever you need to go. Um, during those seasons in your life. It may take a little bit more concentration, a little bit more pulling yourself away from those things that are clouding your mind. And there, there are times in our lives where stuff comes and stuff happens and the junk in our trunks come up and we've got to deal with this flesh. And so we got to make time then during that season of our life to really be... Um, to really absorb the Word of God, to really to be able to meditate during those difficult times. Amen? So... Um, we must see ourselves doing the works of the kingdom. I just put my little note, see your loved ones doing the works of the kingdom also. So you need to get a picture of what that looks like. What does it look like for your son or daughter ministering the word of God? And then begin to speak the word of God over that and begin to meditate on that. So number five, God's word gives us understanding and it opens our hearts to see. And that's an amazing truth because when we meditate on God's word and we put the word of God in, um, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
So the word comes many times and brings cleansing to us and brings healing to our hearts. And so when we allow the word of God to do that, then healing can come and our, the hearts of our understanding begin to open up and we begin to see ourselves many times, you know, when you're meditating on the word, like, I didn't know I had that, <laughs> you know, oh, I have that going on. I better do something about that it's because the word comes in. It's like the washing of the water of the word of God and it comes in and it brings repentance and it brings cleansing to you and I as we meditate. So not only do we get strength, not only do we um, visualize ourselves doing the works of the kingdom, our hearts become pure as we meditate on the word of God and as we get the word of God in, you know. Um, have you ever said stuff that you wish you didn't say? And so, and then you're, you're studying the word of God and you get convicted because you said that, right? So that's why it's important for us to allow the word of God to come in because the word of God not only heals us, but brings cleansing to the inside of us. It lets us see the ways of our heart. Amen. So God's word gives understanding and opens our hearts to see. Um, Psalm 119, 104, it says, um, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Meditation is such a powerful tool. There's your next fill-in. So meditation is such a powerful tool if we use it. Um, I put in here the same part of us that worries meditates because it's in your mind. So worry would be meditation on something bad, right? So when you allow worry and anxiety to come in, it cripples you. It, it causes you to be stand still. You're frozen when you allow that to rule your life. So that same part of your mind can meditate on the word of God. So you need to take that worry and change it into something good out of the word of God. Amen. So if the word of God says that you're, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if the word of God says that in Isaiah 53, that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, because of what he took upon, the, upon him by his stripes, we've been healed, and our body and our mind is telling us something contrary to that, worry and anxiety can come in. So you need to stop yourself in that track and begin to speak the word of God. Jennifer Costell shared, and I, I often share her testimony because I think it's so powerful because she, uh, every morning she would get up. Now she was second time round with, with breast cancer and she would get up every morning and she would have her scriptures plastered on her wall. She wouldn't leave her bedroom until she had every single one of those scriptures read out loud, speaking the word of God out loud and visualizing herself in the word. So there's something powerful to that if we'll do it. I think sometimes we, we get so busy in life and we get lazy. We get into the spirit of procrastination, which is awful. And you get into that and, you, and we forget the importance of the word of God every single day. So if you need something, find a scripture for that. Find the word of God. Find that promise and begin to stand on that promise and begin to see the word of God really begin to work in our life. Amen? Okay. So um, in the Passion Translation, um, it, it says, for your truth is our source of my understanding. So the word of God is the source of our understanding. And here I quote Andrew Warmack in number six, God's word touches our heart. Andrew states, we can't pick it apart with our brain. <laughs> we'll mess things up. I mean, we'll mess it up and we'll miss the things that God wants us to see. So you can't allow that to come in if we pick it apart with our brain. Can't allow that to happen because we'll miss the things that God wants us to see. Pastor Dave has a teaching too where um, in one of his core values teaching, he talks about um, 
not stop reasoning with God. You can't reason things out. If God says it, that's it. Don't try to reason with him. If God tells you to do something, then just do it. Don't reason with him. And I, I have found in my life where I have reasoned sometimes and I've almost missed it. Like I've almost missed the big miracle because I'm reasoning with God. He'll tell me to do something and then I argue with him. I'm like, no, you didn't really tell me to do that. I've not talked to this woman in 20 years. I'm not going to call her and tell her anything. I've not spoken to her. How do I do that? And I, was, I started reasoning with God this one day and three times God told me. And so finally the third time at 1130 at night, I said, okay, I'm going to write to her. Okay, because he said, I want to speak to her, Kimberly. So I sat down and I began to write to her. And um, the prophetic word came out to her that she was going to live and not die, that God was going to bless her. And she had stage four breast cancer unknowingly to me. And the next day she was going into surgery. So she took that very word that I spoke to her in that message to the operating room. And she remembered the word of the Lord. So that's how important it is when God tells you to do something. We can't reason with God. We can't figure it out in our brains because we'll mess it up. We'll totally mess up the word of God. We've got to do what God has called us to do, even if we don't understand it. Amen. <laughs> and many times we won't understand it. All right. So <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 10, 5 in the Passion Translation, it says, We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought. And this is that scripture where we take every thought into obedience in the King James. Um, we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow to the obedience to the anointed one. I love how it states that there. I'm going to read it to you again. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that's raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war. And, you know, Barry Bennett talks about sickness as being like a thief in the night. Like he talks about one of his teachings, he talks about it coming in like a thief. What would you do if the thief break it into your window? Like how would you handle that? You know, you get pretty upset and you get that thief out of your house right away. And he says that's how we have to act towards sickness. So we take it like a prisoner of war, every thought, and it insists that it bow to the obedience of the anointed one. Paul here in this verse sees himself bringing down every worldly system. That's your next villain. So Paul in this verse sees himself bringing down every worldly system of thought into subjection to the teachings of Christ. Yeah. The word reminds us of the lordship of Jesus and how powerful that it is. So just, you know, picture yourself like Paul and he's quoting that he, he's quoting that scripture and he's speaking that word and he's teaching those in the in at Corinth at the time and he literally sees himself bringing down every worldly institution taking it captive bring arresting it bringing it like a prisoner of war and seeing Christ triumphant in it so we have to somehow in this 21st century that we live in get a picture of that in our mind and how do we act to the worldly system how do we truly act when the world system is so coming against the church I'll tell you a big thing love your neighbor as yourself and love God those are the two biggest commandments so if we can see ourselves loving this worldly system loving them into the kingdom of heaven we'll see a whole harvest of souls beginning to come in 
you know, sometimes we we want to be judgmental and we want to be controlling and we want to have it our way. But God's way is loving people into the kingdom of heaven. Remember, the good shepherd went after the lost, after the one that was lost. He didn't worry about the 99. He went after the one that was lost. So a good shepherd will go and get that one. And how do you go get that one? You love them back into the kingdom of heaven. I love how Jennifer shared yesterday. She shared, well, I think it was in the ladies' meeting she shared this. She said, you've got to love your kids into the kingdom. Got to love them back into the kingdom. They may be entrenched in sin. They may be doing something that you don't, you totally disapprove of, but you've got to love them into the kingdom. What we don't need to do is judge them into the kingdom, but we love them. We wrap our arms around them and we bring them in, bring them back in to the fold. And I think I, I remember I shared this with you too years ago. Oh gosh, Ina, must be 10 years ago now or more. But we were praying for a woman over here on this side of the church. And um, Ina just asked me to sit in with her. She was counseling with a woman and her life was falling apart and her marriage was falling apart. And she didn't, the woman didn't really know what she wanted to do. Her heart was kind of wanting to go one way. And I'll never forget Ina as, as I sat there with her. And she just looked at this woman and she said, whatever decision you make, we're not going to judge you. We're going to stand with you. So whatever it is, if you decide to leave, we're going to stand with you. If you decide to stay, we're going to stand with you. We're going to do what we believe God is calling for you to do. And we're going to be here for you. I thought, wow, that's a no judgment zone. Because sometimes as a, as a leader, you'd want to tell them, well, this is what it says in the Bible. Da, 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 da. And you, and you don't give no room for loving them or, or no room for compromise. Um, but Ina that day, she just, whatever you decide, we're going to be with you and we're going to support you in this because we're not going to tell you what we think God wants you to do. We want to hear from you. We're going to let you, we value you so much that we're going to allow you to tell us what God is telling you to do. And then we're going to stand with you in that. And we're going to love you through this horrible circumstance that she was going through. I walked away and I thought, wow, that's grace. And sometimes I say, uh, pastor Dave allowed me to fall into grace. I, 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 when I think about him, I think about that. I fell into grace here. I just, I, I didn't catch it. I fell into it. It was just here. And the healing of the Lord was so powerful in this building that the woundedness that I had gone through, the spiritual abuse that I had gone through, like I had sat in this church for several years before anybody heard of me or I talked or anything. I was just in a wounded place when I came here. And um, I... I didn't know if I could trust them as shepherds. I didn't, um, I had been so wounded in my former church um, that, I mean, I would be persecuted because I preached and had more people tell me that they enjoyed my preaching than they did the pastor. And so I had, and then I had a spirit of jealousy come running after me. And so by the time I got here, I didn't want to preach again. Like I didn't want to be involved in leadership. I didn't want to, I don't want to do anything. Just let me just come and go. And so I just came and went. I came in and went out, came in and went out. And um, Pastor Dave, one, one Wednesday, the Lord spoke to me. Um, I was at work, and he said, I want you to come. I want you to come because Pastor Dave's going to be ministering um, on the shepherd, and you're going you're gonna to learn the good shepherd tonight. And I came in that Wednesday, sure enough. He was teaching on the good shepherd. And I sat right a couple seats where Vicki is, right here. I sat there, and I bawled. All through that message, and I learned the good shepherd. He allowed me to fall into grace. 
And from that moment on, I kicked my heels in. I put my heels down in this church, and I knew this is where God had called me to be. There was no more compromising Kimberly's brain anymore. And I just received so much inner healing that night. And so I then I decided, well, I could be used again. <laughs> I could preach again. I, I can do those things again. I can trust again. I can step out. And he allowed me to fall into grace, and he allowed me to be Kimberly. And he would encourage me and exhort me and text me if I was away ministering, telling me to get him. You go get him in words of knowledge, you know, and um, you prophesy to him, Kimberly. You tell him. You tell him what God's telling you to tell him, you know. And he was just my big cheerleader. So learning and trusting and meditating on God's word is a powerful tool in the kingdom of heaven. And God wants us to be there. And he wants us to be able to come against the worldly system with the word of God. Amen. All right. So if we listen, number seven. If we listen to the entrance of his word, it gives us light. It gives us gives understanding to the simple. And that's Psalm 119, 130. The reason the book of Proverbs was written was to give us God's wisdom and understanding. And it says, we know the scripture in Proverbs 4, 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy heart, get understanding. When we want wisdom more than anything else, we will get wisdom. We will get it. And, and for me at that moment in my life, I needed, I needed that message that night because I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a different church. I'm going to, I'm and I, I was contemplating that and I had visited one church and they had all these flashy lights going on and like I was in a movie theater or something. I don't know what it was. I, that's how I describe it. And so I thought, I can't go here. You know, I don't belong in this kind of place. I can't even see my neighbor next to me sitting down, you know. How am I going to be able to love on my neighbor when I can't see them? It's so dark in the building. I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but that just wasn't for me, you know. Yeah, and like a discotheque, like lights flashing around. <laughs> anyway, um, for me, that was like back in my wild days. I couldn't correlate that in the church for me. Um, so anyway, it was during that time when the Lord was really challenging me and said, if you come on this Wednesday night, you're going to hear a message that will forever change you. And it forever changed me. So listening, um, listening is the entrance of the word will give you light. It gives you understanding to the simple. So when we want wisdom more than anything else, we will get it. And number eight in closing, the lordship of Jesus Christ extends over our mind and our will and gets to our hearts. And so for me, that lordship of Jesus in my mind, it got to my heart that night. We cannot reason with the world or try to get their understanding apart from God. It'll never work. Psalm 119, verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies, the word, are my meditation. Amen. So I got some scriptures I want us to read together. We won't read all of them, but these scriptures back in the back of your lesson are really powerful scriptures on meditation. So if you're not meditating on the word, perhaps you could start here. You could start with some of these scriptures. Um, Joshua 1.8, we read this earlier, and this is the English Standard Version. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And read this one with me in Psalm 119.15. Say with me, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. And look at Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
And look at Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. And then look at 77, verse 12. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Now, that's like meditating on all the powerful things that Christ did. So meditate on those things and see yourself doing them. These are some powerful scriptures. In Psalm 119, uh, 148, it says, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night, and then you start meditating on the promises of God? It's powerful. Psalm 119, verse 99, I have more understanding than my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Beautiful. Romans 10, verse 17, we all know this one. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Psalm 119, verse 23, even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statute. So even if someone's coming against you or all hell seems to be coming against you, you had that football thrown out of left field, I, I would double dog dare you like Kenneth Hagin says, get into the word of God and meditate. Mark 11, 23 and 24, whatsoever things I desire when I pray, if I believe that I have them, I can have those things. Amen. Psalm 1, 2, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. In Psalm 145, verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on the wonders of your works, I will meditate. Isn't that beautiful? All right. So you can stand with me. We'll close in prayer. Well, let's just do a declaration. Let's just do a declaration instead. Say, Lord, I thank you for your word. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I thank you that your word is alive in me. It's working in me, and it's crushing all the plans of the enemy. Father, I thank you that I have a future. And I have a hope in you. Father, I thank you that my destiny is right before me. Father, I thank you that today Satan is under my feet. Father, I thank you for the work of your cross. And I thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of me. And Father, I thank you for giving me the ability to absorb your word. I thank you for making me like a sponge that I would soak up all of the word that you have for me. And today, I give you glory. And I worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The mighty, mighty God that lives on the inside of me. I thank you, Father, that I am just like you today in this world. According to 1 John 4.17. And I give you glory for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.